really been plugged into their kind of apparatus. I know everybody's there's always somebody trying to get in towards the end, like Donnie's okay. always kind of like trying to piggyback in, but uh, I'm not sure what their selection process is. Council Lombardo's not in it. I thought he'd be in it. Yeah, sure. I know he is in it. He is in it. He sure. got an invite. I was going to say he definitely got an invite. Yeah, there's five US players in it. Yeah, seems like there's got to be more than that, isn't there? <clears throat> oh, it's only a 64 person field. So yeah, I, I mean, I guess yeah. that's not. I mean, you're going to have what? Shane Hunt, Shane Tyler, Hunter, uh, Sky, and who else would be the 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 fifth? Jeremy Sosie. Oh, Jeremy Sosie. I guess that's the the benefit of uh, playing in a bunch of BCA ranked events that mean absolutely nothing. You get it's to play the World Handball. There's only one ranking that matters now. Yeah, well, I guess that's uh, we'll have a good long discussion on that today on whether or not any of this matters going forward, huh? For sure. I don't know. Ray, how's your life going? It's been a, been a couple of weeks since you've been on. Very good. I've been really busy. Had a busy February, but like a very awesome February. Excited about a lot of good things, play and work as well. So I've been doing well. Um, just kind of finally past the crux of it, but I guess we're at the end of February. So, you know, jam-packed month. Yeah. But what, we got two more days, leap year? That's right. And you got to come and hang out with us in Wisconsin. How much fun was that? Oh, Very nice good. I got some, uh, ice plunge was nice. I, I was prepared for it. I have a cold plunge tank here at home that I every morning. It's kind of how I start my day. And um, it definitely got me prepared for Wisconsin. I wish I could have stayed in a little bit longer, but it was kind of a charity event. And there's lots of people. So all good. Sure. Well, <clears throat> we uh, we turned up the heater for you because we heard you were coming. We, we know how those Florida people like the cold. So, yeah. We turned up the heater for you. So I heard it's nice called, and welcome. Uh, full spring or something like that. Uh, you know, because it had like a little bit of a warm uptick when I was there. But well, that little warm ice or uh, uptick was like uh, mid forties, and today it is seventy-one degrees in Wisconsin in February. I brought, I brought the heat. You might have. <laughs> Chris, how's your life? You weren't on last week. Was I not? Yeah, it was was I not? No, you said you couldn't be there last week. Maybe no, I, I was know. on for a little bit and then I left. Oh yeah, you were on for eighteen seconds. And then he just like <laughs> yeah. then he just ghosted us and just left because your Uber driver was here or something like that. No, I just I just ditched you, out. Yeah. You apparently like your Uber driver more than us. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe you tried to move the cue ball and uh, some ref came and tackled you or something. <sighs> but you know what? I don't know. I think Ray's probably the same as me i'm really not sure how i'd react if that had happened i'd get fired you, up pretty quickly see this is the problem this is the problem uh with me um i'm naturally kind of a troll especially when i think that like things are if things are stupid for the sake of being stupid yeah. i like to troll things i like to i like to you know for lack of a better term i like to fuck with whoever has the superiority complex to enforce something like that I'll push and i and i get and i get that that's your job i understand but I don't care because I'm an asshole like that. So it's I'm not, not the ref's even fault, though, right? It's not the ref's fault. It's the rules. I don't care. You're representing it at that point. I got to be honest with it. I, so I, I, think, I think this stuff, right? I think discretion speaks to like the quality of a referee. You would never have seen anything like the uh, Robbie Capito situation happen 
under a, a Michaela or a, a Nigel Reese head referee. Mm -hmm. I feel like if the area referee did something that I didn't want to, to have happen as the head so in, referee. Well, in case nobody saw it, describe what you're talking about. Okay, so the, the the situation was Robbie and I think, uh, was he playing Kachi? I think it was Kachi, right? Sounds right. I, I think I'm so. Not, I'm not sure. He, uh, he asked to use the toilet and Kachi says, go ahead. And the referee says, go ahead. And he goes to the toilet. I think it's Hill Hill in the first set in the race to it four. Is. Yep. Yeah, and he comes back, and the head referee disqualifies him for the set. And yeah, said, that was against Gachi, yep. Yeah, so to me, it's um, it's not acting in good faith. If, if I don't agree with what my, what my area referee says, then that's a, that's a conversation for me to have with the area referee. And he could have very simply allowed Robbie to finish that set with Kachi, and then after the set, after that next game, been like, hey, make sure to limit your break time till after the first set you know or in between sets if you want to be a stickler about it and that's it and everybody just kind of goes about their way <clears throat> none of this like because now now you make yourself a present and visible thing yeah. that uh, honestly that's not a referee's job the referee no. is, is supposed to be invisible a good referee is invisible and they, they pop up when they need to to enforce a rule but their job is to ensure a standard of play is, is maintained and that the match is moving at, at, at an appropriate pace that's the end of it. You know what I mean? Anything outside of that is kind of self-aggrandizement and and a little bit. Well, you're tired. making the show about you and nobody's showing right. up to watch you. And, and, and nobody's there to see you, you know? So this is why I say stuff like that would have never happened to get under like a Nigel Reese or a, or a Michaela Tab. They were the best at just ensuring those little moments that people don't see that, you know, what they wanted to be translated was translated in between a set, in between a rack. They'll just drop a, a note to the player and everybody continues on and the course, you know, the, the ship continues to sail. No problem. You know, that's who's, the who's the head referee or who's the tournament director that call, got called over. I, I'm not, I'm not even sure. Um, I don't know who it was either, but um, I mean, I know that. Um, uh, oh Jesus. Why am I blanking on his name? Is John out there? Yeah. John, John Lehman was out there. Because mm -hmm. I saw him at one of the events. I don't know if he's a head ref or whether he kind of took a step back on that and just kind of fulfilling a role with his health uh, scare. Um, I don't know. I don't know who the head referee is. I mean, maybe there's information on this online. It's possible um, that I could find that. I, I, To be honest, I don't know. What I do know is that uh, that, to me, is a referee mistake. If he comes to you and asks, um, you know, can I go to the bathroom? And you give him the A-OK -okay on that. That's yeah. you green lighting. So, I, I mean, <clears throat> and to be honest, I even forgot about that. There were so many screw-ups yeah. from the referees this weekend and then so much, like, self-aggrandizing. I like that word that you use, Ray, uh, from the referees that, like, I start missing them. I mean, the worst of them was the referee. I think it was uh, Carlo Beato breaking the balls and uh making the 10 ball up in the corner pocket or, and then the referee just grabs the cue ball and starts cleaning it yeah, like the cue ball is on the table i mean i know like, it's, a, it, it's it's just it's absent-minded but some of the other things were like it's a boneheaded thing but it's like when, when you're calling the players on this when when you are constantly calling the players for like literally touching the cue ball and moving it over one inch because you're giving yeah. the players no room to lag and then they do stuff like that it's like well, what's the repercussion for the players? Well, they, they automatically lose the rack. Bummer. What's the replication for the ref? Absolutely not a damn thing. Yeah, well, the, the, yeah, the, there is much, is there? But the, the, 
the worst is the worst of those two situations is is the lag thing because that's idiotic. The guy's made a mistake picking the cue ball up. It's even happened in snooker before, so you know things happen. But a snooker's a snooker's got a seven foot table. I mean, you got a, you got seven feet to work with. A nine footer, you only have four and a half feet. You have like a third less of the space, and a you're putting those table. cue balls. Huh? Twelve by oh, sorry, twelve by six. Yeah. Right, twelve by six. So you're, I mean, you still have another foot and a half. I mean, you have a twenty five percent more more space to work with, and the, their cue balls are so close to each other. I know, it, it, but it was absent minded. There wasn't, you know, from the players. It, oh yeah, it, sure. I mean, it, well, how many times have they done that in their entire career and never had a single problem with it, and now it's just being enforced? Yeah, but the, the, you know, the, the referees, and it's the same in some other sports as well. The referees in this situation for these tournaments aren't professional. The people that are used for the matchroom events, quite a few of them are professional referees. It is their job. It's what they do. They referee on the snooker tour and then they come over and do the pool events. It's very different asking these guys, all of these US-based guys, to take a referee's course out of their own time and then turn up to a tournament. If the refs aren't there, the tournament probably doesn't happen or it's definitely not as prestigious if you haven't got referees and things. So yeah, I, I, the errors I feel sorry for. It's a it's a it's a thankless job too. So like yeah. when I played the the, the the referee, like when I played the predator stuff last year, I was always you know mindful to thank them and just say yeah. you know thanks for your time and stuff because you know I'm sure they get the, the the grief all the time having to hand rack uh, you know, and they're gonna just slug everybody every time. So it's like you know I'm sure they're gonna get plenty of grief and it's it's easy to kind of be disgruntled. So. But that said, there's like, you know, you really shouldn't be involving yourself for these little stickler things. Like I, I made a joke about the Chang lagging thing and trying to move the cue ball over. I'm like, it's not his fault. He's got wide hips, you know, the guy's, <laughs> guy's got to get down the leg. He's, well, you know, it's, yeah. it's the, dumbest, the dumbest Tyler. of them was the dumbest one was Skyler one. The, the yeah. fact that you so the Skyler hits nearly a perfect lag and he is his perfect lag is taken away because somebody doesn't hit the ball in time. Why yeah. is that Skyler's fault? But he's one being punished for it. And I understand yeah. that. And I understand that, it, it, you know, it could have been a terrible lag and he was safe from it. Right. I mean, it's yeah. possible that that could have happened too. But the fact that the fact that he has to restart because somebody doesn't take their time, or they, they take their sweet time to hit the ball. And I'm not trying to like throw pain under the bus. Cause I'm sure he wasn't even thinking about this. He's no. doing what's comfortable for him. It, it's yeah. not, it's not like, it's not like I'm taking a shot at pain. It's like, it's more or less the fact that in general, it's I mean, one of these rules that if you like, if it's let's say black and white, right? This particular rule, enforcing that rule is lack of discretion from the referee. It's just it's a it's a non-issue because now now they've spent three minutes arguing about it and people are confused and then Payne Payne wins a lag for not hitting as good a lag and nobody understands what's going on and then it and now you got to unpack that and then it just detracts from the show when he could have just stayed quiet, let Payne yeah. lag. And then that's it. Because otherwise, the move becomes wait until your opponent hits his lag. Yeah. Just for him to hit the lag and then never, never shoot your ball and you win the lag every time. You yeah, know, it's, it's so it's, it's silly. Well, this is Nate being a troll because uh, under the under the uh, this is what I was kind of getting at earlier. Like if I had to play a match against Sky on the stream table, I would be pulling Sky aside before because I know that the Sky likes to troll too. And we would be like, so the rules are, you know, you got to hit it, whatever. And then the, the rule number two is if it, it hits the foot string or whatever. But if you saw a rule number three, the the refs will make you lag again if both lags are bad. I would get with Sky and I would just be like, let's get it as close to the wrong 
foot rail as possible. Let's just do this over and over and over and over and over again, just to prove a point of how stupid these rules are. Like, yeah. how do you, what, what is, what does, if both legs are bad mean? I mean, seriously, yeah. I mean, you, you throw some of these, like, I mean, how many times have you seen this beginner player who, who's just out there having a good time with their buddies and they lag the ball and it doesn't get past the middle, the middle bag. Yeah, I, I guess I, I guess yeah. we're restarting. <laughs> what what does that mean? It just it just makes absolutely no sense to me. I would I would like this is it. I would just I would just get with Sky and I'd be like, hey, let's just do this over and over and over again, just to just to screw with people. Right. And for me, it's like I always feel like I'm rushed when I play when I try and lag against like let's say quick players who want to just to just get down and push the ball up. Like you know, sometimes you got to get down the line and you got to, you want to do a pre-shot routine and then deliver the leg. And a lot of these times, these guys are just like, boom, and they're gone, yeah. you know? So I kind of have always felt like I had to rush to keep up with them because I thought the rule would, would be enforced the other way. Like I'm yeah. somehow doing a negative by trying to like be deliberate about the lag. And, um, I guess, I guess under these rules, they would be the one who'd be penalized for rushing me. I, I don't know. It's interesting. What are you going to do? It, yeah, it's absolutely pointless absolutely pointless but there we go but the i mean the, the i still think the west one's the change on them one yeah I, I still think that's the west because that fixes whoever came up with that rule has done it to fix no, no. problem exists where you need to make that rule there's they've no problem. Created, they've created a problem with the rule right yeah it's, it's so silly who has sat down and thought i mean it's just it's just dumb there's just no other word for it. So well, I, and I, that guy, I, it can't I speak still think the best sky English. Like, Chang must have been so confused. Yeah, poor oh, guy. He's just he's just trying to like play pool and let let his cue do the talking for him. He's he doesn't speak at all to anybody. No. He's super mild mannered and just you know kills you with his cue. And that's sweet it. Sweet dance moves. He's got a couple sweet dance moves. Yeah. Really? I mean, you know, nice guy, and then he's that got finals a, uh, where he drilled that eight ball, and he, he starts doing like the—I don't even know what that was, but right. it was. Did you see it, Chris? No, I can't remember. What was it in? <laughs> the finals of the uh, the mixed. Oh right, no, I haven't seen that. No, <laughs> it was it was a nice one. He's it's pretty pretty grooving. He was grooving pretty hard. He's been working on on those dance moves too. We, we got him. Uh, they didn't get him last year too, in, in a big event. The world teams, right? It wasn't the world teams yeah. in the show. He was he was dancing semifinals, something like that. But yeah, it, it's just it's 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 just it's just nothing for it, really. It's it's a waste of time. But what do we do? It's the, it's the accumulation of these little things. I think end up detracting from the events that Predator do. From a um, if you're one of like the top pros and you're looking at some of the little things that happen. You'll be thinking, you know, why do you know why do you bother? The thing that happened to Centino as well, that was bad. It's gonna you're gonna get to see their sweet dance moves. Oh, this eight ball that he buries. Yeah, great shot. I don't get I don't even care about the shot, whatever about the shot. Look at these dance moves. Look at that. Look at that. Let's go, baby. Quality. Quality. <laughs> that was pretty nice, wasn't it, Chris? Yeah, yeah, it was pretty smooth. You know that you know right when this podcast is done, Chris is gonna go straight to getting into Chang Jung Lin's DMs after watching that. I'm gonna be practicing those moves. 
That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good stuff right there. Did you see what? Did you see the thing that happened to Santino? When she's got the eight ball down the rail and the 10 back up the other way, and she screwed the cue ball back up the rail and then it's taken. Oh, it it hooked her. Yeah, it, it hugged uh, it hugged into the side and hooked her behind the point. Yeah. That's happened to everybody at one point. And then she girl kicks it in. Yeah, but it's a great shot to knock it in, but it shouldn't really be happening. They always they always seem to struggle with those tables. Um, no, that, that happens on a diamond too. It just catches the no 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 no, no 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 that should not be sure happening. It does. Hang on, it happens that on sh- a diamond too. Wait, that should not be happening in a world championship. It's not it, it has nothing to do with the, the table roll, it has everything to do with catching the lip of the side pocket and riding the lip. That's to the not corner. what happens. That's not what happens. You need to watch it back. It okay, rolls in it behind the knuckle, it rolls in, it takes a turn. The table's not that, level. Yeah, no, no, that, that happens when you when you no, 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 the, no, no, the no. The side table. pocket comes out enough, and you catch the little the rim of it. You're not you. You need to watch it back then because it turns in, visibly turns in. Sure, but that happens if you're riding the lip Why of the side pocket. Why would it turn pocket. in if the table was level? It wouldn't. Because the side pocket comes out far enough to grab the cue ball. No, no that's not what's happened at all. That's, okay, that's I, definitely not what's I happened. I have a nine. I have a nine foot predator table at my house. Literally Put 20 feet away. Up. I will go Put look at it. I will go Put look at it. Up. Put the video up. Oh, I'm going to have to find it. Uh, where? Do, well, I guess. Well, I don't know where you find it, actually. I would assume it's going to be on the Predator Bro. Uh, it could be also a thing of the, you know, it could be maybe the table is not level. It could be the weave of the cloth. Uh, as well, it could be the way the cloth stretched. Uh, yeah, it, it it could be like a slow because she had to draw maybe a little spin and it catches the weave and it. Yeah, kinda... but I mean, if anything, it's kind of the cue ball's coming away from the rail slightly. Mm-hmm. If anything, and then it just yeah. turns. It's drawing. The cue ball moves a good half an inch, I'd say. Yeah, it definitely leaned in a little bit. My interpretation of what I only watched it once and it wasn't like it was on my phone. I wasn't really paying close attention. My interpretation was that it caught the side pocket. And just instead of falling, it just kind of followed it to the knuckle. Mm-hmm. I've seen that happen. To, I've seen it happen a ton of times. I don't know where you'd actually find it. Uh, she's not posted it on her Instagram. Predator might have uh, posted the actual that's, clip. That's what she, I'm looking for. Yeah, she she kicked the ball in after that, so they yeah, might I have got her. posted. I got it. I got I found the video of her kicking it in. It's a great mm-hmm. shot. Oh, it's an incredible shot. It was a Given hanger. the circumstances. It was a- <laughs> Straight in. Yeah, I mean, all you got to do is just hit it perfect. I didn't actually see her call it, but I guess the referee saw her call it. I mean, there's nothing else you can really call. You know, that would have been tragic. Oh, my God. So when I saw it, I actually saw the whole shot. It's actually quite possible that uh, Predator decided to pull that down. Um, the whole yeah, thing. There anymore. And just, and just show the kick down. shot. And just show the kick shot. Because I remember seeing the thing of like, what a bad roll or something like that, and I think yeah. uh, Predator probably pulled it down because all basically what they're saying is like our tables suck, right? <laughs> but I I don't think that I just don't think that that's a I don't think that that's a table issue. I think that that's just like catching the side They've pocket had and having it ride it. They've had okay, I, I disagree, and they have had issues with those tables before. Well, I have one of those tables. I mean, I'll, I'll go up there and try it later on. Them apart a couple of years ago. Well, that was that was a cloth issue. That was not a table issue. They drilled holes through the slates, Nate. It's nothing to do with the cloth. 
dude, I work on the tables. I was setting up no, the no, first no, no. like you didn't did you work with Oscar Stab on the tables? Because he drills holes yes. through the slate. Yes, three events before that before that event. I worked with him for three events. Yes. Okay, I did. so what what was I drilling? set those what, tables up? <laughs> drilling <laughs> drilling holes through the slates. What okay, did that have to so do with you, the cloth? Here you go, Chris. Here you go, Chris. That event was the very first event that my crew did not work on. So okay. I was a part, I was helping out Eric Decius and um, Eric Decius and Bill Pelham. They were setting up every single Predator event prior to that. The one in Arizona, the one in Michigan, the one in Ohio, every single, and, and Las Vegas the year before that. This was the second year that they was in Las Vegas. Keep that in mind. I That was the first event that we did not work on. They did not stretch the cloth properly. They pulled it and they, they pulled it too tight in some areas and not tight in enough areas. And with the cloth, the Arcadia cloth, the way that it is, you will create channels if you do not stretch it evenly throughout the entire thing. You actually have to set up a grid that you pull the cloth to so that you know that you're stretching it equally all the way around the table. And that was not done during that event. The same exact tables were there for the Predator World 10 ball event, and it was only a problem for the, the Las Vegas Open. So what I'm did they do? Drilling the holes? In the, yeah, okay. So drilling the holes in the slates. Oscar told me this, and I can't remember. You'd have to tell me what drilling the holes in the slates was for. That was because he thought that that was going to fix the issue. That he hadn't actually worked on the tables prior to that, except for one event, Wisconsin. Actually, that was the first event that Oscar helped on. So, so that was only his second it, event. That was a, that was a solution. That was a solution that he thought was going to fix it. Uh, in between the events, I'm, t I'm I'm not telling you what I think. I'm telling you what I know. I I did set up those tables for three. I'm, I'm just going, I'm just going by what 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 he told me. That's that's all I'm saying. Sure. Yeah, and yeah. that's probably what he thought in the in, in the moment. But I'm I'm telling you. Uh, that's Chris <laughs> the video for us, sir. Yeah, uh, that's probably on Facebook then. <clears throat> Chris always always coming in clutch. <laughs> Little Chris and Matt Poland are like the two MVPs of life. Of life. Oh, do you find yeah, it? She yeah, she's basically frozen to the rail and the the eight ball. Yeah, so I, I think it probably just hugs the cushion, maybe some spin, maybe the weave of the cloth, maybe it's a little bit, like you know. It doesn't take a turn at all. Like it, it, it thinks about turning a little bit. I mean, it, it definitely hugs the rail a couple of times. You don't think that takes a turn. You're mental. <laughs> you have lost the plot. It rolls out and then it rolls back in. You said it You said it goes a half an inch. That's like it a millimeter goes, at most. You have and, it's right, and it's right about where must, the side pocket you must, would be. You must use different rulers or tape measures in America then because that is not a millimeter. It's not far. <laughs> I mean, you're definitely right. It definitely does take a bounce, but it, it also is going out because it hits the... the... Let me see it. It takes it takes a turn. Yes, it doesn't take nearly the turn that you says it. You see it it's going up the rail, then it turns away from the rail, then it turns back in. You see that, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, I don't know how it does a horseshoe without there being a roll. Uh, well, the only thing I would say, like I said, I, I only watched it once before that, but it looks like it takes a turn right about where the side pocket would be. That side pocket comes out enough that it's, you know, it's. It can't come out. It can't come out. God, that is such an incredible shot. That that is such an incredible uh, two rail shot. Yeah, it's it's it crazy really shot. Is. She gets down. She plays it pretty quickly as well, considering like the shot clock and all of that sort of stuff. It's crazy. 
take into Wait. account that she was down, she lost the first set four to one, and if she misses that ball, she's down yeah. two to one in the second set. Watching, I mean, that's oh, that's incredible. Right. Sorry, yeah, she lost the first set to Yasmin four to one. It's an unbelievable shot. Cut it right down the rail. Just cut it right down yeah. the rail. No yeah, she catches it clean. She doesn't even go rail first. She catches it clean. And she played it no spin, so she just played the angle, which is pretty crazy. Pretty nice, yeah. Crazy. She comes with big shots. She, um, she's a great player. She I think her. She, she's the first player, female player that I've seen that reminds me of Guy Young. In Someone her, else said that today, yeah. In her stroke and her like style, very aggressive, very attacking. Um, and it's you know it's fun to watch. She's she's got a lot of heart too. She doesn't. Uh, shy away from pretty much anything so you want to know my favorite part about all this is we were 20 minutes and 25 minutes into the podcast and we haven't talked about pool once basically we're talking <laughs> about all just negative things like refereeing <laughs> sucks tables sucks well it's good to get those out of the way so we can talk about the positives let's talk about the stupid format now yeah they're all they're doubling down on the race to fours huh for for everything the world 10 ball and the the what else did they have they had the, okay you two are you two are uh our pros chris what do you think of the format for a world championship uh, for a world championship no but um the three sets are better than two sets in a shoes out i'll give them that yeah yeah i like the third set edition and the uh reserving the the hill the shootout for the hill hill in the in the final set that feels it definitely like, improved that feels optimized yeah. for this particular kind of format. And, you know, I don't know. I, I enjoyed playing the format. Like when I played it, it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, you're dealing with stuff. You're dealing with the racks and you're dealing with some table stuff. You're dealing with all these things. Um, there's not enough practice tables available at the venue. So you're constantly carting back and forth between grifts and there, if you're trying to get practice, you know, so different and then table, different cloth. Yeah, yeah and so but really you're just trying to get you know cue and you know feeling and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah just get warm um but that said it, i played the alpha last year and it was great i had a good time i qualified uh for the final 64 and i think i played cheng jung lin first round and he played perfect like you know i didn't have many opportunities at all um but it wasn't like a you know i don't know it's one of those things where I just look at it as like a puzzle to solve. Really, it's it's not the format that I would you know choose to go out of my way to go play, right? Because you you know you, you want to feel like you have more play, but it does optimize for certain things. Like every ball is like super crucial. It's you know you don't get that in other formats really. Where Do you think you it increases your chance of winning, Ray, against the top top guys? I don't know. I I I think people say that they think that, but mm. the top top guys t keep getting to the end really you know Feder has done super well in that in that format multiple times he's won a, a bunch of those events because his style of play is very much like execution 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 and he plays percentages so well and it's like you know never taking shots off yeah and he, yeah. He, you know his mindset and his like approach kind of suit are well suited for that so i feel like it's less likely you see like a big rhythm guy get up there and win one of those tournaments like it, like it might it might be harder for somebody like Josh to win one versus a like a Feder type player or like Kazakis has done well in that event. Mario he's done well. Like those guys were real. Victor won it twice player. in a row. He's rhythm guy, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's maybe he's, yeah different. Yeah, Michigan yeah, open twice. Yeah, 
So, I mean, no, not saying Michigan Open, Andy won the Las Vegas Open too last, last year. Yeah. Yeah. Super talented yeah. guys. You have to have the the spot shot down, though. I think that's one thing where, like, I see certain guys go and it looks like they're not settled on how they want to approach it. They're, they're kind of like figuring it out. Those guys are just never going to win, you know, in that spot. You got to have it kind of locked in. And, but, um, and it, taking away the break really, you know, you start thinking more. Or like you have to really because, you know, you're not going to break and run many racks. And if you do, it's kind of like you get lucky, really. So the players really aren't even trying to run racks. You can no, tell they're from just, where they're, they're breaking to, the balls. They're not even trying to break and run. Yeah, they're just trying to defend themselves, really. You know, yeah. they're trying to not break, try and leave the table wide open. They're trying to not get ran out on. Very, 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 very few of them are breaking and trying to break and run. They're trying to break and not have the table ran against them. <laughs> right, exactly. And 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 they're you know breaking from the side rail. You're going to get balls stack up on one side of the the long yeah. rail. You know, so it's it's a lot more kind of safety play and all that stuff. I wish they would template it down and maybe break from outside the box. That might just lead to more quality, I think. But they don't want to do the template because whatever reason, you know. So, but. You know, it's just whatever. It is what it is. You know, I try yeah. not to harp on it too much. Okay, so now let's. Uh, the I mean, the format. I for a world championship, I really, I really, 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 really have a problem looking at. Um, you could lose. Like I thought, they did a great job with the world eight ball, right? Wasn't that like long races? Long races. Race eight. I think it was yeah. race eight. I think. Um, uh, I think, I think the finals was, was a longer race to 11. I like, think it was race to 11, yeah, but I think the race to eight for most of the event. Oh. I, um, I, I don't know why not why not just stick to that. I feel like that's appropriate for 10 ball. Well, yeah. so I really I really have a problem with the idea of I could win the first set 4 to 0 and then Chris could win the next set 4 to 3 and then the third set 4 to 3 and I beat him in games uh 10 to 10 to 8. That I won more matter. games but I lost a set. That's just that's set play, though, isn't it? You set it is. It's just, yeah. I mean, it's, for a world yeah, championship, though, the idea that I could win more games than you and uh, you're the winner, but I beat you two more games to me is. That's just. It, it's, it's, a, it's set play. I, I mean, I get it. It's just for a world championship, it seems gimmicky. Yeah, I, I, I agree. They should, they should be. The WPA yeah. should be setting, you know, um, limits or standards on what the races should be. It's, the format shouldn't be messed around with, but. And if uh, they have any sort of leverage on anything ever, maybe they would be able to. But but this is just exactly the same format as the tournament that's just been, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How is it different, right? Yeah, it's like it doesn't it doesn't make a great deal. And I guess it's actually, all right. really, really, I guess really Sorry? could be ten to seven, right? Because uh, I could beat you, th- or you could beat me theoretically. I could beat you ten games, and you could beat me seven games, but you want to shoot out. I don't, I don't think I don't think anybody's got a problem with the I don't think anybody's got a problem with set play as a premise. It's just for the for a yeah. world championship. It shouldn't. Yeah. Be. Yeah. I, I mean, for the Las Vegas Open, the Wisconsin Open, Michigan Open, whatever. I have no problem with that. The set play. I just think for a world championship, though, it's yeah. just it's it, would it happen? Maybe. I mean, it's definitely possible that it could happen where I, you know, you and I play a set for the finals and I won 10 games and you won seven games in a shootout. And that's that's the difference between me if winning and you winning. Play, if they want to do set play for the worlds, you know, then you got to do longer races, like do yeah, races, sure. races sets to, seven, to five or something, races to seven, you know, yeah. or six or something, and then do five sets. Like that makes more Especially sense. With the reduced fields, you should be extending yeah. the races. Yeah. Well, of time. I, 
I actually think that Super Billiards Expo, as much as I don't like that event, um, I think that they actually have the the format down perfect. If you're going to play set play, make them you know sets to uh, sets to seven, two out of three. Yeah. So it actually takes it actually takes work to win a, a set. Yeah. Yeah. Completely with you. And is, is and the final, the semis and the final of this going to be exactly the same best two out of three sets, races to four? Should be. Yeah. Just, it doesn't, um, that it doesn't scale up or ramp up appropriately, if that's the case, I wouldn't say. Yeah. But yeah. I, I don't think that you'd have any player um, vote for this format if you asked them. And I guess that's probably maybe an indicator there that they haven't, they haven't asked the players. Well, they I mean, the reason down on their schedule too. There's not as many events uh, currently. There's only right? four events. Only four events. But they're gonna. Well, somebody said they're gonna add more. They just haven't scheduled them yet. But I, I don't know whether that's. I true. so, I don't know that this is true. This is just what I've heard. I've heard they're waiting to find out what actually happens with the ban, if they're gonna add more events to the schedule now that is just hearsay um i don't that's not from a source that i think is reliable enough that i would uh put it as gospel but i heard that they're waiting on the band to find out because there's no reason to like the let's say the the world team championships that they ran last year alongside austria there's no reason to run that if you're going to be pulling sorry guys but like chris and raymond and nate as a team right i mean there's no, no star Jesus. power there's no star power yeah. right um, you're not going to have these top players playing in the World Team Championships. What the hell's the point of having a World Team Championship? But, but what's the, I guess, the flip side of that, if you look at the commercial angle, they're not selling the production to anybody. They're, there's no revenue generated through the stream or anything as such. So what's the no, difference? No, there is. Yeah, there, there's, is there? there's, yeah they're, I mean, they're, they're monetizing it. I mean, they're putting it on YouTube. They're putting it on Facebook. They're monetizing those different platforms. The thing is, is like, are you going to make an appointment viewing to watch Shane Van Boning, uh, Allison Fisher, and Sky Woodward versus Jason Shaw, Kelly Fisher, and Chris Melling. And when you say monetize, you know, a, a million views gets you like a hundred dollars or something these days. So what's the? I, I just don't see how. Why well, I don't, I, I, don't, I, don't know, not, I don't know how I can link the two things to, together. Really, I don't. Well, I don't I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not privy to their business model. What I yeah. what I know is that if if they weren't making money on it, they'd have stopped it a long time ago. I just wonder how much of it's dependent on the players that they're going to have playing. I don't. I don't know. Well, that's my point. Is why? Why would you? Why would you make an event that uh, you're going to recognize six players in the field? I mean, the only team that's going to have a team worth probably looking at is probably Poland and Philippines, and that's just. I, I mean, if I mean, if you look at the wider pro billiard series, I mean, that's just the the well team thing is a gimmicky thing anyway. So. But if you looked at, the I mean, pro it, billiard it, series, it is. But that's the only that's the only real event that isn't on the calendar. Um, cause okay. I, I heard the Wisconsin open is done. The Michigan open, the Ohio open, the, the Arizona open. Those are all done. That's what done, I've heard. Done is in finished. Done, done, done. Oh. Like not. So that's what I've heard. The, the events that I heard that might not be done are the Austrian open because that's piggybacked off with the world 10 ball, the women's world 10 ball and the world team championships. And from what I, and again, I'm going to go back to what I just said on this. This is, this is all coming from a source that I don't feel comfortable quoting as gospel this is just what i've heard for hearsay uh they are finding out what pool of players are going to be available to them if they were to do that because there's no reason to have a world team championship or an austrian open if chris and nate are the best players there 
Um, yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, I don't. Um... It's all predicated off of whatever band this is going to be. Uh, I kind of, I kind of wonder. Three days, you know, back when, back when this whole kind of like before the WPA kind of matchroom strife kind of came up, I, I, you know, I saw Predator was starting to do their events, and I was like, you know, Predator could be, and Matchroom could have a, a very copacetic relationship or they could have a very contentious relationship and it would be like copacetic until it wasn't you know and now i wonder you know they've kind of sided with the wpa thing and obviously wpa has really taken a lot of pain from you know their stance so far and i think they're going to continue to just diminish into obscurity if they try and hold pat and matchroom hasn't really had to do very much you know, they just continue on their on, on their way. So I wonder if Predator will will kind of rescind and try and make good on on a relationship with 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 Matchroom because I feel like it, it could help. But at this point, I don't really think Matchroom needs help from anybody. You know, no, really, and it's... also with Predator action, some of the pros, yeah, some, you know, a good a good portion of the pros, whether the timing was coincidental or not, of of people signing or about to sign and then them being axed or, or moved on sure it's just yeah and yeah i don't know I, I the wpa don't lose everything right if if they go ahead with their ban they're just losing like 130 or something 130 players and then anybody no, that plays in no, a I, what they're they're losing complete credibility of their of their entire infrastructure to who though i mean it's, it's to the outside world the wpa don't exist anyway so to the poor world it does yeah, yeah, sure, and it will continue to exist. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know that that's right. I don't know that that's well, true. Euro tour is still filling up without all those players going. So this is like a this is like the um, the whole like uh, um, the debate of what what kind of power does the the U.S. Supreme Court actually have? Well, it has the exact power that we give it in a. Um, in a uh, generic kind of well, this this should be their power, so they have it kind of power. Right. So the, the Supreme Court in the U.S. has absolutely zero enforcement mechanisms for any of the decisions that they make. Therefore, they are only credible if we give them the, the credence that their decisions actually mean something important. If the WPA starts getting Predator to fall off and will match him to fall off. And next next thing you know, Predator's going. And I know that highballs. Uh, I heard that Highball's not very happy with uh, some of the decisions that are being made as well. And you have all these different entities that are slowly flaking off. This this high this uh this illusion of um this illusion of decision making that they get and that their decisions mean something slowly gets chipped away and slowly gets chipped away until it's absolutely nothing. There are already there are already federations that are coming out too that are that are you know flaking off. You're losing some federations. You're losing Matchroom. Predator's not very happy from what I've heard. You're getting to the point now where you see their their armor starting to to really flake sure. apart. Sure. And that's yeah. what that's really what they're afraid of. That's really what stops them from being an entity. And, and and it's funny because I think at least in the US, they um, you know, WPA and 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 Predator as it relates to the the pro side of things, um are are pretty non-consequential, you know. Really their their influence is for the European and Asian markets. Yeah in so far as they support you know players that are coming up but you know 
at least in, 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 in the U.S., they don't really have any clout and any because the things that matter to the U.S. players. Yeah, because all, Hunter Lombardo is representing the country every time that there's an invite tournament. They obviously have zero clout in the U.S. Well, <laughs> Sorry. Well, <laughs> I don't want to badmouth anybody, but I mean, like, you know, that's that's fine because the other guys are all going to be, you know, chasing U.S. Opens and chasing, you know, chasing Moscone Cup points. That's pretty much it, you know. So as far as the pro arena goes in the U.S., it's kind of like a non-issue. And I think maybe that's why we're getting less activity in the U.S. from somebody like a Predator when they're doing like a, you know, Predator WPA event. You know, their their market is more international, I think. Um, I don't know if they want to do that long term or not, but it's something mm-hmm. to, to figure. Yeah, you're definitely right. The thing is, yeah. is. The thing is, is if, if that if that armor that armor works only as long as people continue to give them the credence, just like the U.S. Supreme Court, that it's works really- as long as as long as you decide to continue to like deciding that this this thing has power and we should respect whatever power that they have. That's that's going it's to work as long as we just. It's funny too because I remember when when Emily was talking about this whole thing for the first time, she mentioned or stated that you know they can just have their amateur kind of like they can be in charge of their amateur stuff, right? Because in essence, in the U.S., that's what's happening, right? Like the pro spheres is they don't care, you know what I mean? And their BCA kind of predator partnership is really geared around and centered around amateur events, which are helping to fund some of these bigger pro events that they're putting on. But Realistically, there's only five pros in the U.S. Uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. That's a different conversation, but um, yeah, yeah. It's but, just funny how how that all kind of I don't know. Any ban they put in place is just going to be temporary anyway, really, isn't it? If yeah. They put a, if they put a ban in place, everything goes tits up. The thing is, they don't have any leverage in the conversation at all. No, they don't. I mean, whenever a new board, if they, if they go ahead with a ban and it goes really badly as everybody expects it to do then the board's going to get voted out. They won't get voted in for a new term. A new board comes into the WPA and they go back to the table with match room and everything's good. Right. It's only temporary. That's only true if if the federations continue to stick with the WPA. I mean, their options are pretty limited, aren't aren't they? So much of it's tied into government funding and things. It's not an overnight thing just to walk away from something like that. Well, and 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 somebody reached out to me after the podcast that is very, very influential in the European um federations and said you'll be surprised how much support the 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 federations actually give to the wpa um i won't i mean basically there's i think there was like 40 40 ish federations and they they voted at like a 93 percent clip basically to uh to stick with the wpa so it's 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 actually kind of surprising how much uh support the wpa still has with the federations it, yeah, I, I don't know. Here's, here's the thing, too, I think. Like, the WPA had an opportunity at a small window of time for them to wrestle back some leverage, and it was by signing a financial deal. If they could have gotten a financial deal together where they would add money to whatever their tours are, whatever their offerings are to the pros, then they could have stabilized with their bands and made them substantive. But they didn't, and then Matchroom did. You know, then Matchroom went and signed this 10-year deal with the Saudis for the World yeah. Nine Ball and added, you know, added steam to their engine and showing in good faith that they're going to continue to increase what they're offering. 
for the players and the players have just responded, you know? So the WPA has not done anything to leverage their product for the one thing that they could have done to help improve their position in negotiation and enforcing this alleged ban, which is to get money involved. If they would have brought in a $10 million deal together for the tour, then that changes things. It moves the needle now. People have something to, to think about. But they've done nothing again for an extended period of time. And they they had no position and then leveraged demands as if they had you know, positional advantage in this negotiation. And so they've worsened themselves, really. They've made it, they made it, they made it kind of worse for themselves uh, this whole time. And Matram has just kind of held pat and continues to look like, like, you know, the, the gardener bringing, bringing roses to the, to the table. And, you know. Yeah. I don't know what the WPA could do now to get, if they went back to the table with Matram, what, what, I don't know what they offer at this stage. What I, what I said since the beginning, and it's going it, to, it's going to happen. The WPA is going to pay Matchroom to be able to advertise as a sanctioned thing. Like it's going to, it's going to pay to be able to attach their name to the Matchroom schedule as a as a as an approved partner. That's what's going to end up happening, and uh, uh, otherwise they're not going to, and they're just going to dissolve. Like they have no ground to stand on, and Matchroom has all the cards and all the leverage. Eventually, WPA is going to have to pay for them to include their logo on their stuff. But, yeah, as Nate said, you know, over 90% of the federations have voted in sure. favor of what the WPA's proposals are. Obviously, those minds might change as time goes on, but if they're looking after the grassroots of the game and or supposedly looking after the grassroots of the game, the federations are really, you know, what... I don't know what the... I don't know what they feel like they're losing really um they're losing the best players obviously but yeah they're losing face they look a bit stupid some bad decision making some bad posts on social media after a few glasses of wine i'd assume Something yeah it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> what their decisions honestly weren't even the most egregious part of it their most egregious egregious part of it was going on a podcast thinking that everybody's you're going to have a sympathetic audience and then having everybody just roast you over and over and over again and you get all like butthurt about it and decide to say shit that you shouldn't say yeah that's the most egregious part about it right yeah yeah for, for yeah. a global organization supposedly that that didn't that didn't come off very well sure. and that is above the fray right you know yeah <laughs> it's okay to have your idea and want to kind of like impose your vision you know but you can't be like tone deaf to what other people see in value right you know mm. otherwise you're just talking to the wall so they they kind of i think what they they thought their leverage was with the pro audience right really is you know who we're talking about imagine offering something for the pros that's different you know and at this point that's anything is different is probably better for them and the amateurs now as well right so i i, I think we all know that the plan is going to be to hold big amateur events running concurrent to the big professional open events mm -hmm. so i don't know what that Imagine looks like i don't even want to strides there yeah, I don't want to get into the conversation because I know there's a US amateur tournament already, but there'll be a, you know, Asian Open or Vietnam Open um, amateur and there'll be one running concurrently with every major Open, which is brilliant for amateur players. That's, that's just amazing. They'll be the five biggest, they'll be the five biggest non-professional events in the world yeah. immediately, won't they? I think, um, I think too. I mean, it depends what you consider an amateur event. If you if you go to like the APA Vegas, I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about, Top amateurs, I'm talking well, about. 
not hackers, top amateurs, real, real good amateurs. Well, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's some pretty good. There's a pretty good league systems in the U.S. that uh, to their masters divisions are pretty tough. I mean, my, okay. My 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 main like transitioning to this whole kind of conversation for the few. I think Matchroom's doing a great job as far as like, okay, we're gonna create a structure, right? They have a kind of an idea. Until that structure gets up to date, it's kind of still like there's pain points, right? Because now the UK Open was just announced, right? Now, let's say me as a player that it, I have an interest this year, part of what I would like to do based on what was happening last year is to play one major tournament in Europe as a as kind of like a, the next level of progression for myself to get out of my comfort zone, to do something I haven't done before, travel to another continent, play in a pro event. You know last, year, do that. last year, I, I could have just paid my entry fee, gone and, and gotten that experience, right? Uh, this year now, there's going to be qualifiers in place to 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 kind of filter in, and I'm okay with that, right? But now, picking which onboard is running one, the the audience, one of our sponsors, for, go ahead. The the audience for people who would want to do that to play for a qualifier spot in Europe in the U.S. is is maybe five people. You know what I mean? It's very small. So now it's kind of like unfeasible on under the way that it is as somebody outside of the top 128 to get a spot because now i'd have to travel to europe to go play a qualifier to then come back and then go again to go play the actual open it's not really feasible but if, if you, if you do it beforehand uh um, yeah. if you don't if you don't finish high enough to get a spot then you just traveled all the way over there basically to sit on your thumb for the next for nothing no, you yeah, play in the amateur event you play in, you play in the big open amateur event that they're putting on i have no idea probably not i i, I well, those are I, qualifiers I, no, I, no, 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 no. They're running big open amateur events, right? Next to the big opens. Did everyone know that? Yeah. Well, if, if, those, yeah. if those... Okay, so I, I I have no idea that that's a thing. I heard that they're running big amateur events as qualifiers to get some of those 120 spots that are available. There's going to be qualifiers, and then there's going to be a big amateur open event accompanying so each one, apparently. If those open events were, were to add to my ranking points towards the World Nine Ball Tour, because I have ranking points based on just how I've like, you know, then I would consider it. But if not, if there's just strictly open events, then there's no point for me to travel. Yes, yeah, so the, rank, the ranking points don't get picked up by anybody outside of the one, two, eight anymore. They don't count towards anything. Well, uh, well the re there's regional ranking events that we can play, right? Like here in, in the US, I earn money from my understanding. If I go to like, these world nine ball tour ranking events that are outside of the majors money that I win there, like at Derby, uh, I won 1400, right. For, for, for the tournament at Derby, that money after the end of this year would go to the reshuffling of whatever no. 128 is. No. So Emily just clarified that in a video she did with Carl over the weekend about what, how, how it was going to work. Um, so, so just say, right. Yeah. Yeah, so, so say you won five of the tournaments in America and you were you'd accumulated enough ranking points to make you the third highest ranked American, you, you wouldn't be able to play on Moscone because your points I don't totally, count, right? I totally understand that part. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So let's say this calendar year they're only gonna invite whoever's in the World Nine Ball Tour. So I think there's 18 Americans who are in the top 128. Of those 18, they're the ones who are fighting for points for the invitational events. Uh what I'm trying to clarify, which wasn't really expressly uh, discussed by Emily on that video, was 
at the end of the year, let's say I've gone to all the ranking events that I can, and I've accumulated, uh, let's say $20,000. And number 128 is at $10,000, right? Then I have more ranking points than he does based on my money earned on the World Nine Ball Tour. Does that put me now in the spot to be able to fill in for the next season's top 128? Is what, is what I'm, yeah. I'm assuming is going to happen. I, I don't think so. I think it is Q School. So that's based off... Which doesn't I, exist right now. So sorry? It's not existent right now. It's it's not it's it's non-existent right now, and it's still not clear whether we are at the start of a two-year ranking list or are we halfway through. Right. So these are the questions that I had that I wish yeah. Carl would have ironed down. And I, I think don't he think did Emily try was, to ask. Yeah. I I don't think Emily was too keen on answering that particular question because yeah. they have ideas for what Q School looks like, and I'm not. I haven't like you know spent time around the snooker guys or know what that all kind of entails i looked it up and i think apparently if, if you go through q school and you qualify you get like a two-year rotating card mm -hmm. presently but i'm not sure what the what the requirements are for q school but if if it's not the case that i can go and earn ranking points at ranking events to slot me into the top 128 just off of merit then it doesn't give any credence or or you know value to going to these events to begin with you know there is no incentive to go to ranking events if you're not in the 128 if i can't crack the 128 by earning more points than the guy who's who's out there. Yeah, if i'm outperforming there's going to be a unless, big range of guys unless, form i mean it, I, I mean a lot I mean, unless you can still pick uh, base. I mean, it, you can still get in from the Moscone Cup with a wild card, right? So, I mean, going no, to these things yeah, could. Top 128. You have to be in it. So, like, right now, the only guys who can make the Moscone Cup team are Americans who are in the 128. I think there's 18 of them, if I'm not mistaken. I was just outside of it last year. So, for me now, my incentives are just continue to Stop. go to ranking events that I can go, which is I can go to two pro events. But really, we only have one pro event in the U.S. So now I have to qualify for, for, for the major, which is the U.S. Open here in the U.S. And I would need to qualify for a major in Europe. But there would have to be a qualifier here in the U.S., which there isn't any currently. Like, I'd love to go play the European Open, for instance, right? I'd love to go to the European Open. I'd love to go to the U.S. Open. That would be the two that I'd be able to play as somebody who's outside of the top 128. And the rest would just be regional ranking events. So now if I'm spending money and time to go to the regional ranking events and continue to do well and cash and do all this other stuff, earning ranking points, I should be slotted into the top 128 at the end of the season, assuming I have more ranking points than somebody who's in the top 128. I haven't read the contract, but I'm assuming that the invitation to join the World Nine Ball Tour until Q School is up to date would give credence to that process. Otherwise, the non-major ranking events that people are holding don't have any value and i don't think they would yeah. put themselves in the foot because that doesn't make sense to me. They, yeah. they hold less value to yeah they hold less value to somebody like you who has aspirations yeah. of doing something different but for because, the general guys that are going to non-majors for right, sure for sure who, like the boston event next month is stacked all those guys are going and there's going to be a ton of guys there you know yeah. that are in the top 128 yeah so they obviously have feel like there's an incentive for them to hold on to those points, which means, you know, they're valuable. So to me, it makes sense that 
I haven't read the contract personally, but I'm assuming that there's a clause there that if somebody earns ranking points outside the top 128 and passes somebody who's in the 128, they would get cycled out. But the, my understanding isn't is is the opposite of that. But I absolutely get your um, your point of view on that, 100. Um, percent Yeah, yeah, that, absolutely. But that's the question that I wanted Carl to ask of mm -hmm. Emily, and for Emily to ask uh, to answer explicitly because we want to make sure that the structure of of the tours, you know what I mean, is is valuable for everybody, right? It incentivizes the guys in the 128 to go to every major because that's where they get the the, the leg up on the guys outside, right? Because they can defend their position at extra big events, you know what I mean, where there's extra added money. And, you know, let's say guys outside the top 128 can only play two events, but those guys can play six. You know, there's four extra events there that they can yeah. use to pad their, their, their position. I'm, I'm just not sure it's, it's at that level of maturity yet where it could support that because at the minute, even for, I mean, you need to make you need to make the last 16 to make anything that looks like sure. money, um, yeah. even at the big ones. So uh, in time, I think it will come to that. Um, and I'm not sure whether Q schools will start at the end of this year or whether it will start at the end of the year after. I don't even think Matchroom might have, They'll be pretty much decided, but I don't think anything's set in stone just yet. Um, yeah. But there's a small demographic of Americans that say who are eager to try and get to Europe and play. Yeah. So I think, you know, until I mean, Matchroom's done well having the UK Open, the Spanish Open, the European Open. Those are all great because they're great tournaments and they're in Europe. We need three, two or three more in the US that are open to American players yeah. to help really you know flush that out you know i think that's on local promote I, I think that's on promoters and room owners in america though rather than on matchroom so i i don't oh. know if anybody's volunteered to have a u.s qualifier because that also is difficult right because no, no no but I, I what i mean is that we need at least one more tier one u.s open level oh sorry yeah yeah US, right because yeah, yeah, then yeah. then now there's a local incentive for us to have qualifiers sorry, yeah. for those two events and then now it makes sense but only having one major in the US uh, kind of tilts things that way. And, and you know, we get underrepresentation for it, which is a good problem to have. They're building, obviously, right? They're, yeah. they're in the process. And it's, it's, a good, it's a good direction to head to. Uh, I just would love clarification on the cycling of the ranking points for the guys out because you want to incentivize the guys who want to get in. Yeah, Matt points. Poland. Matt Poland nailed your question from the other side. How do you actually lose your card? Right. That's. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's exactly what you're asking from the opposite question. So, How uh, do you go about losing your card? So it's the, the it's works exactly the same, or it's just definitely the same pattern for the PDC, so the darts, and for the World Snooker. So it's like the the bottom twenty eight or the bottom twenty four mm -hmm. um, will play off against the people that have come through Q school. Yeah. So so Q school then qualifies or batches together a group of people and then they have a tournament to qualify for to the qualify tour. for a playoff against the the people coming off the tour. Mm -hmm. Um that's essentially how it works. And I can't remember the people coming off the tour whether they have to play three rounds or two rounds or one round, but it's not as many people as not as many rounds as the people that are doing the full Q school, um, obviously. Um but that's basically 
that's basically how the system works. I'm sure there'll be something. I'll try and find something for Nate to post on the Facebook page about the, mm -hmm. uh, the PDC or the, the snooker tour, the, the Q school. It would be awesome to hear what that process is like, you know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. it's foreign to us. We, we, you know, we don't have anything, you know, similar to that in the US. Um, but it would be interesting to see, you know, where that conversation of ranking points versus Q school until Q school yeah. comes up and running. Like, what's my incentive to continue to travel to non-major ranking events for the year, right? Breaking it, news. The referees strike again, apparently. What do you mean? Uh, the referee just uh, penalized Sky Woodward one game for going to the bathroom. <laughs> okay. At least they're being consistent. Good for them. Shout out to them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, Scotchy won the first set four to three and got to start the second set one to zero. No, I'm just no, can't do that. No, 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 no. I'm just I'm just looking at the comments. I don't I don't know that. I I mean, I'm looking at the comments on Facebook. The set hasn't started. Right Why you, uh, that's that's all I know. All I know is that somebody people. made a comment in it that uh, Sky got penalized a game for going to drop a deuce. <laughs> somebody said that in the comments of the live stream. <laughs> so. That to me tells me that uh, they they just penalized him a game for uh, for taking too long. Maybe I don't know. I don't mind them transitioning into a Q school only thing. I think it's um, I think it's it's to do it, uh, you know, after year one, let's say, right, where the guys now in this transitionary, you have the first year of contract, right? Players like people that are still qualifying for ranking points are earning based on merit on performance um you know are going to be at a certain point like it makes sense to just cycle out based on people who are traveling to the events and supporting the tour and earning money whoever that top 128 is should be in place until you have a quote-unquote q school in the u.s or in you know there, it's got to be a feeder system that's global as well it's international there's a european q school is there an american q school that's what how there is for the darts and the snooker yeah so, how, how, yeah so how many of those spots per region are guaranteed is it just you know what i'm saying it's like there's a lot of infrastructure to get built so to me the most elegant way to do it until it's built is just off pure ranking points right you're just going to these events earning cash earning your money the way they've been doing it effectively but the benefit of being in the top 128 holds true every year until you have that structure built and you know on the outside and you can make a seamless rollover. I'm sure that's an option they're leaving on the table. But, sure. Yeah, it's, know, just, it's vague right now. It's kind of like... It's vague, and they'll definitely leave themselves options. The only thing they might say against that is why that might not be the most elegant solution for them is because they told everybody a year prior that this was your chance to get in the 128, and then the door kind of shuts for now for another 12 months, and they might take that view. But, um, yeah. I don't know, but I definitely would encourage you to look at the um, the WST site and the PDC site because that'll probably give you a bit of in details, yeah. insight into how that's going to pan out. Yeah. All right, we're ready to we're ready about our last complaint because I still have one more complaint I want to complain about. Go ahead. Why the hell do we do they continue to hold this at a, at a, at a venue where people cannot be safe? Brutal. When Just when Francisco enough. Sanchez Ruiz knows that he has to literally put a freaking uh, couch in front of his door to stay safe at night. Why do they continue to hold it at a venue where they cannot guarantee their players are going to be safe? How little does CSI think of their league players?
and Predator think of their pro players, they would continue to do this. And, and it's really not a Predator thing, honestly, because it's a piggyback no, off of the CSI not. event. So it's it's really it comes down to the CSI, BCAPL. Why is it that uh, they think so little of their league players that they're, they're not even willing to look at a different venue to, to protect their players? I've played at Bally's, now Horseshoe. I've played events at uh, Tropicana. I've played events at uh, Westgate. This has never been an issue. This has only been an issue at the Rio. Why would they continue to do that? Ray, what do you think? What do you got for me? I don't know. I usually travel with an emotional support alligator, and I keep him tethered to the front of the door. So I've only had one person <laughs> try to come in, and they did lose their ankle, their foot below the ankle. And that was the last time they entered my room. Uh, but they time. did get your wallet. No, they did not. No. Oh, Thanks they didn't get your wallet. I keep uh, my wallet behind the, the alligator, uh, personally. Just uh, a Florida thing. Um, I don't know. It's kind of sad, really, because you, you, uh, you see it often. You know, we saw it, I think, last year there was a – yeah or no 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 it was uh it was the it was uh Mieszko Fortunski, Conrad Ustishin, uh Daniel Masiol and uh Victor Zelensky Victor, had their room yeah. yep because it was the yeah. night before Victor won it right they had a couple yeah. thousand stolen from the room thankfully I'm I'm really well versed in kung fu movies and um watch a lot of them so I'm ready for those situations, but maybe, you know, some other guys aren't or, you know, they're just heavy sleepers. It's sad that, you know, you even have to think about that kind of stuff, really. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of, uh, like, personal devices that you can pack to help secure your door and kind of jam your door from the inside to make it so that it can't be opened. But, you know, Donnie even had mentioned the, the problem is what happens when I leave my room, you know, and I'm yeah. not there. Yeah, how do I secure yeah, you got to get back in it. Yeah, exactly. So theoretically, there's less stuff to steal when you're gone. Your your phone, your wallet, your keys, stuff like that. But I mean, what if you want but to go still, to the gym? You got you got you got you got to take your cues and your and stuff with you to the gym to go lift. Like it's bingo, it's crazy. You know, I I, I mean I I've never been a fan of the CSI event um, to begin with, uh, and I think it's, it's just one of the general, worst. It's Vegas in general is just. I don't know. Oh, it's, it is. But it is. But you just don't hear this happening at any other event besides CSI because every other event besides CSI isn't at the real. It happened in Atlantic every City, Paris, at the US Open. It happened twice. Did it? Sure. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. And it actually happened to the onboard guys. You're correct yeah. um, in saying that. But, but uh, I mean, what I'm really talking about right now is a track record, a proven track record that every single year this happens to your players and it's not mm -hmm. once it's not twice it's i mean we're talking about four or five years back now and every single year you'll see these posts going out about this happened to them they were burglarized and all of these different things and the the the, the story is the same every single time it turns out that it's an inside job um somebody was there and they got a key a master key from somebody and they were it was an inside job and they go through and they just basically rob all of these people silly it happens every freaking year and there's nothing done about it. There, there's I, always, there's always I don't know how people haven't watched Home Alone enough <laughs> to know how to like rig the room to make it so that they can't get in. Like just watch Kevin McAllister. <laughs> he roasted those fools as like a 10-year-old. Get it together, people. Get those tacks yeah. out, you know, lay down the the, the the tar, you know, the whole thing. I, my personal favorite is the bucket being thrown down the stairs, you know. Perfect. Paint cans. Yeah. Let's let's think fourth dimensionally here. You know, I just I just think that it's. I mean, I'm not I'm not a fan of the CSI event. I never have been. Uh, I just think that 
you clearly don't give a shit about your players uh, year after year after year. If uh, I mean, it's not a tough decision, right? I mean, all you have to do is just go to the Rio and say, hey, this is happening to our players. We don't feel safe if they're not safe. What yeah. can you do to prevent this from happening going forward? I it happens proper, every single year. A proper investigation hasn't been held. You know, that tells me that, you know, maybe it is an inside job. It'll be happening every single day there. The just normal Panthers, not just the, the, the pool guys, obviously. It's just shit situation. You definitely wouldn't feel safe there, especially if you traveled with your wife or something. You just be, or yeah. your kids even. Sure. I think, you know, did Oscar go with his kids? I'd, I'd stay at an Airbnb personally. That's just me. That's usually what we do. Oh, you, well, that's, you, don't that's what to you don't have to stay at the Rio? Okay. No, I've never stayed. Whenever I whenever I play those events, I always stayed. Uh, I actually always walk back and forth. Oh, well, it's kind of on everybody. Well, you just don't stay there then. Well, sure. But, I mean, you shouldn't be put in a situation where you're now forced to have uh, undue expenses because uh, you can't feel safe with where it's being held at. Mm, yeah. I, I, I just stayed at Airbnb at um, Derby City as well. You know, we're just 10 minutes up the road, like. Me, Nayuki, uh, Demetrius was there. A couple people just split a nice big loft and have a kitchen and none of the issues, really. Where was that? In Albany? You stayed in Albany? New Albany, yeah. 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 Ten minutes up the road. And, yeah, I just uh, wish it wasn't a situation like that where you had to do that just to feel safe at an event that's uh, yeah. you're yeah. there to support, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that, that's you don't have to go to those events. And, and, and I guess ultimately if people continue to do these things and it's, uh, it's, it's not addressed and it's not adhered to or cared about, then... You know, I guess the players ultimately have the decision to either not go to the events or support a different league system. Well, what about uh, what about the the results from some of these tournaments, right? Yeah, good who, idea. Who, 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 who yeah, do we have can go on three hours into the podcast. All right, uh, yeah, let's let's look at it. Uh, so, congratulations to Lee Van Cortez. Uh, uh, as that was an all Filipino final, uh, you had Carlo Beato, um, Lee Van Cortez, winning two zero over. Carlo Beato, you had FSR and Coping Chung getting uh, into the semifinals. Uh, and then the quarterfinals consisted of Alex Kazakis, Alvin Ocean, Tyler Steyer, and Fedor Gorst. So it's good to see uh, good to see an American in there, uh, as obviously this is an American podcast. Uh, yeah, the last 16 had Sky Woodward in it, but uh, the final, final eight had uh, Tyler in it. And to be honest, probably should have won that match. I don't think you're going to find anybody who uh, would argue with that. Who did he lose to against Beato? Was it Beato? Beato, yeah. 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 A couple, he had a couple of seven balls. Seven balls, yeah. Well, he's been practicing quite, you know, real hard. So it's, you know, it's good to see him kind of like perform well. Um, and uh, he, I think they had mentioned something about one of the, they have a digital monitor display for like the adverts that are on in the arena. And apparently there was, they were they were switching while he was down on a key ball or something like that and it, it got him i remember it happened to mika like a video flashed on in like a really kind of like fast paced edit video last year while he was down yeah. on, on a shootout ball <sighs> yeah technical crew gotta gotta come on you know just do do a little better obviously it's up to the player to not get sharked and to get up and reset and all that but wow. timeouts allowed for seven minutes and he took nine minutes and 53 seconds exactly. i mean that's why Sky got penalized one game because he took nine minutes and fifty three seconds on a timeout instead of seven minutes. So I'm trying to th I'm trying to think of where the restrooms are. The restrooms are going to be they're going to be close. I mean, if if you have to take a tinkle, uh, you're going to be able to get there and you're going to be able to get back. No, you have no, you don't have enough data to to say that he was just taking the tinkle. <laughs> that's that's exactly it, right? So you're you're basically limiting your players to uh, 
to uh, only being able to take a pee. It's going to be pretty hard to walk to a bathroom, get a deuce out, and get back in nine minutes or seven minutes. Sorry, seven minutes. We just get player chairs with bidets in them. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, you know. Just get them. I think you might be onto something there. I, I'm actually. I mean, as much as I'm sad that uh, Sky Sky is about to lose this set uh, four to zero, I am interested to see what his post is going to be out in about. Is this the second set? Is the second set? Yes, he lost his. He lost the first set. Hill Hill, and then he went to the restroom in between the first and second yeah. set. Took two minutes and fifty three seconds too long, apparently, according to Matt Poland, who is our research extraordinaire, our field expert, Matt Poland. Yeah. So. Uh, I mean, that's for an event that's had as many uh, referee calls as it's had. It's just one more situation where the refs are just overreaching every step that they possibly can. Right. Very good. As long as they're being consistent. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I guess on the women's side of things, let's look at the women's side of things. Uh Women's side of things, you had uh, Cheska winning over Siming Chen. Uh, Siasawa gets, and uh, oh God, why is it that every single, I don't, Chihiro Kawahara. Nice. Did I, did I do it? Cheska looks, looks awesome. Yeah, she's always. Oh my God, she's playing so good. Big power game. Yasmin Ocean, uh, Chow, uh, Wang Ling Wang. And then Yuki Hiroguchi are your quarterfinalists. And I'll tell you what, this is how competitive the girls' uh, stuff is, re- like, really becoming tough for the ladies, like, that field. Like, you know, I think, who was it? Um, Margaret and uh, Christina, who I think are both playing great pool right now. Are like, they're in that range where they're, like, 7th, 8th, you know, ninth through 12th. Like, you know, they're in that ra- And it's, like, hard to crack into the top five you know top four of an event it's so stacked you know and those girls are are tough tough players um we did always say though as soon as the asian girls came back it was going to change things yeah tough just proven to be the case yeah for sure it's even tough now for like you know kelly especially you know kelly was just running over these events um and even ali you know is still running super deep now ali's really got to play super well i think for her to 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 be in the final four mix each time but the match is over. Kachi wins, and Sky is giving the referee an earful. Should give him a, a surge, surge shaft. I don't know what is being said, but I wish I was a fly on that wall right now. <laughs> I try. I try never to get into it when I'm hot because man, nothing productive comes from there. <laughs> give me another yellow card, ref. You know, whatever the yellow card. Did, is there a yellow card thing now? Did they say they're going to do yellow cards? Did they? I, saw, I saw a meme or something. Somebody posted about something with uh, the ref threatening a yellow card. I don't know if that's like an actual thing or not. <laughs> I don't know. It sounds like it could be feasible from what I've heard. but It seems wild to me. Yeah. It seems really wild to me. Sky's got to, you know, Sky's got to come to this and uh, be able to handle himself a little bit better mentally. But it's pretty brutal to have to come out and fade a one-game spot and losing your break because it was supposed to be his break too. Yeah, it's no good. I mean, okay, just let the guys play. You know, guys, shut up. What do I know? What do I know? Well, I don't. I don't know. I mean, the World Ten Ball is going on right now. Today's the first day. It's getting underway. 
Um, I don't think that I, – I mean, I have nothing to say about it. Do you guys have anything to say about it? You, have, you want to pick a winner? Um, uh, the Rio, I guess, is winning. You know, between having so many people there and all the stuff they're stealing from the rooms, I mean, they're really <laughs> – they got to be making out like bandits. It's hard to argue with that, isn't it, Chris? Yeah. I, the Caccio ghost, I think. Caccio. Caccio ghost. Although Albin's not, not won this one before, has he? Uh, I don't won think the so. World nine ball twice. <laughs> yeah. Never Great. won an eight ball or a ten ball. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, yeah, catch your ghost. That's going on Alin, isn't it? Or Albert third. <laughs> if I don't no. get it, one of those three, then. Ray, what do you think? I have no idea. I pick, no idea. I pick Al Qaeda. I think Al Qaeda wins this <laughs> by not having to be there and play it. He is the winner. <laughs> He's a uh, team peach hour now, isn't he? Yeah. Is that how you say it? Peach hour. Yeah. Peach hour. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Peach hour is how I've always heard it pronounced here in the States. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Peach hour. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sky Woodward and uh, Kachi are done. I don't, is this know, who, I don't or know double? who half these people is. It's double um, Double elimination, yeah. Double yeah. elimination down to a final, down to a final. Um, Same thing happened to Skyler in the uh, previous Open, where he lost an early match and then had to go through on the one loss side and qualify and make it to the end. But yeah, there are a lot of names on here that I literally have no idea who they are. Yeah, I mean, I you got with them. the World Championship, you have to, you have to include, you have to include people from around the world. I mean, yeah. you do. So I, I mean, I get that. There's a lot of flags on here that I don't even know what these flags are. I don't know if I agree with that, but there we go. Uh, well, that's fine, but I think you're very much wrong on that. Well, I mean, it should just have Coolest. the best players in the world. No, that's not true. I don't think that that's true. I don't see uh, how you can. I mean, I think that, that I think that, that, that I think that that's true if you're playing snooker, where that literally snooker exists between three countries across the world, right? There's realistically there's three countries that play snooker at a professional or a very very high level. Maybe maybe four, maybe five, but it's really I mean we're talking countries? about a handful. Huh? Countries? Yes. You have like Which? the UK, you have like the UK, you have maybe South Africa, you have India, you have China. That's 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 more, yeah, it's that's just, more than just, just just China, Australia and the UK really. Now Belgium obviously Luca Bretzels won the world championship, but he's the only Europe mainland hey, european to have won it but i don't really i don't see three to five countries i don't see how that changes the fact of who just the best players in the world are well, there is there i mean you could pool my point is snooker is not a worldwide sport pool is no i don't know i again i don't know how that changes how not having the best players in the world makes it better than having uh, like, well, it's, okay, so, so then, every country or something doesn't. So then, so then the Olympics. So then the Olympics, we could just pick all of the the best swimmers in the world. All right. Well, then it's going to be between three countries every single year. They have their own world championship, though, right? Where it's not done like that. Where they crown a world champion. To be honest, I have no idea. <laughs> I do. just came up. <laughs> they do, and every sport does. Every 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 real sport sport probably so does. That, so then, literally, gymnastics is between the China and the U.S. and russia and there's literally no other countries that are ever there romania are always there i think but i don't know what i don't know what that means i don't know what you're trying to say i don't know how you can if you have, well, you have just sports that are dominated by a few countries 
I, okay, and if they are the top 64 people in the world, they're the best people in the world regardless, right? Being, no matter where you're from, that doesn't make any answers. That doesn't... Be, be well, then it's, then it's not a world championship. That it's not a world championship. It's a three-country championship. But they're, if they're the best in the world, if they're the best 64 ranked people in the world, what does it matter? Well, uh, I guess two years ago, uh, Christopher Tevez or whatever it was from, you've never even heard of the dude's name and he made it all the way to the finals and he would have never gotten an invite had he not been there. Had had it been exactly what you're saying, he would have never been even invited to the event. And he got- he Was he ranked the top 128 in the world? No, he was- I've never even heard of his name. Okay. Yeah. He probably, you know, if you, if you want to like have a world championship, you need to have the best players. You can't have somebody better missing out just because somebody's from another country. Well, that I mean, that dude is from Peru, and nobody's ever even heard of his Venezuela. Or, or, I don't even know where he was. Peru, 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 yeah. Nobody's ever even heard of his name. You haven't even seen him since, and he got an opportunity because of that. And now he beat, uh, he, beat he beat in in a row. He beat Jason Shaw, Carlo Beato, and David Alcady. Yeah, in I a mean, row. one guy having a good tournament doesn't prove the point. I got to say. I mean, that's just that's exactly just one thing off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure there's there's plenty more. I mean. Look at the look at the run that uh, like Robbie Capito had in the last year. Now, I mean, now he's into the top twenty. But you got to give players a chance to 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 do these things, right? I don't think you should automatically be given a chance to play in a world championship just because of where you're born. I, I well, the one twenty eight. Who's who's being removed from the one twenty eight that doesn't have that actually legitimately legitimately has a chance of winning it? Well, I mean, you, know load, you know, there's a load of names in here that you haven't heard of before. Yeah, that's my point. Through. Include them because they're from other countries. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, but there's better players who aren't playing, which isn't right. Okay, it, it, wouldn't you say? So Sanjan's not in, Alcady's not in. There's plenty of players not in. Well, yeah, well, I'm definitely not going to start going out on a limb and defending that because I think that's just stupid. But <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw Nick Vandenberg even posted about yeah. kind of a comment on um, about not wanting to even travel to the events until Q School's out because it would didn't make sense for him if that's the way they were going to go mm. like if the rankings don't do anything for you kind of but we thing. also had the we also had this long discussion last week that it, it it's less about um it, it's it's significantly less about uh where you're pulling the players from and more about who's doing the picking right because a lot of the players that are in there from the europe are just basically like euro tour players that you know whatever i mean if europe picked their players better uh you know, probably Sanjin does get picked because he's from a different country and a small country, right? He should be there representing by my yeah. by my standard. But I mean, the EPBF picks the European players, or they're supposed to, apparently. So you're always going to have good people missing out from Europe. You're always going to have some of the world's best missing out because they can only pick, um, what is it, 14 people or something, however it works out for them. The allocations but, but, are different, aren't they? Yes, but, but what I'm saying is uh, if... if 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 they went off of my way of doing it, he would probably be there because every country should have at least a representative if they have a pool presence. Now, 64, I mean, the 64 is a real issue here. I mean, yeah. if it wasn't 64, that's that's the issue that we're talking about. If it was 128, oh, yeah. all of these players would be in. And and you'd probably, I mean, the difference between you and me is really probably uh, seven players that really don't have a chance of winning probably either way. Ultimately, I mean, who, who in a 128 field wouldn't be picked that should be picked? Um, and then you, you start getting in players like maybe like a Christoph, uh, you know, Christoph Reinches or something like that from Germany. Yeah, will probably get an invite, but shouldn't get an invite. But maybe you could give that to somebody from like, uh, like Telvez that, uh, that ended up making a finals and you'd have never heard of him if he wasn't given the opportunity. Yeah. I know. You give it to somebody who you think is in the top 64, but really isn't. Yeah. It, it, 
it's crazy. It's crazy that you can make a world tournament final and not get an invite to another world tournament by the same sanctioning. But it's crazy that you can win it. Look at Darren. This is crazy that you can win it and not. Are you kidding me? Eklund Kachi was the defending champion and had to get in from a wild card. Did he really? Yes, he got the he got the second to last wild card spot. So he's won it two of the last three years. You can't then tell me that this mad selection process that they're using is better than just stupid. 128 off the world rankings. Yeah, it's dumb. It's dumb. It's, it's it absolutely is. stupid. Yeah. It's dumb. Like, you know, last year Tevez made the made the final. He wasn't invited two this years year. Ago. Yeah. Sanjin makes World Eight Ball final. He doesn't get an invite. Like it's just weird. You know, it's weird. I don't know. That's what happens when politics get involved with Well, gentlemen, I yeah. think I'm uh, I'm gonna bow out. Yeah, I think we're I think we're good to go too. I will give a shout out. You guys can bow it out if you want. I'm just gonna do some uh, sponsors. Thank you all the, to all the sponsors that make this show happen every week. Thank you for Jacoby Custom Cues, uh, the best cues out there on the market for custom work. Uh, we are a vendor, so if you want to get your hands on any Jacoby Custom Cues, you can always reach out to us and check out this ad from them. You know, Chris, if you were a true friend, you'd buy me that cue so I could put it on my wall. Both of them, ideally. <laughs> yeah, they look good. All right. And thank you to the rest of our sponsors. Lipman Lights, Horo Tips, Onboard Sportswear, Digital Pool, Salado, Digital, or, uh, Billiards Digest, Insight Performance Coaching. And starting next week, we're going to be back in with uh, Magic Mind. So we'll be thanking them this week as well. And then thank you to all the patrons that allow this podcast to happen. Mo Bashir, Dave Wiersma, Cody Wedig, Ed Ladawi, Matt Poland, And that's it. Thank you to everybody who's tuned in this week and participated in the chat. And we will see you next week.